everybody. Welcome back to the Performance Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jared Sinclair. I've got an exciting guest out of the Minnesota area today. Her name is Carla Strubble. Uh, she's a CEO and owner of EPS Electrical Production Services outside of the Twin Cities. So Carla, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, awesome. I appreciate you joining us today. Um, I'm excited to hear about your business because on your website, it says that you've been in business for 33 years. You started from your garage. Um, I believe it's 34 years now coming up. Um, and you have this real sense of culture of care. Can you talk a little bit more about your business and kind of how it got started? What got you to where you're at today? And, and maybe some of those key takeaways that uh, helped you become successful. Sure. Um, actually, on July 5th of this year, we had 35 years. 35 oh, years wow. in business. And the culture of caring, I think, is uh, probably just innate. It was in my husband and myself. Uh, both of us, uh, we were two different people in the approaches that we had to things. And we had two sets of different gifts. But uh, I always say we had one heart, and that was that heart to do uh, good things for people and, yeah. and, you know, and build things that were quality. Mm -hmm. So that's how we kind of got connected. How we started, um, my husband actually was an electrician and was working for a smaller company in the metro area. Okay. Um, we started dating and um, actually he came to me one day and he just said, you know, I'd really like to start my own business, but I just don't have a clue as to how I'd begin. And I was silly and I raised my hand and said, well, I can help you with that. I know how to do that. You know, I was uh -huh. working in the corporate world and had connections and so forth. And so I started to do a search and found a small, um, small family business. And it was very, very small. I mean, basically mm -hmm. it was down to a master and maybe a, an electrician and he wanted to get out and retire. Okay. And so uh, we made an offer to him and bought out his business, which was basically just a shell. Mm -hmm. My husband always said, well, we didn't really buy anything. And I said, well, yes, you did, because you had to pay for someone to hold the master until you got your master. <laughs> right, right. So that's what we basically did. And that's how we started. And we started in, um, we built out an area in the basement of my home at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, just, we were hanging sheetrock together and doing whatever, putting in the egress door and made it a, a private office. Um, back in the day, believe it or not, that was long enough ago that I was still doing the books manually for that. Oh, wow. Can you believe that? Yeah. I mean, the old journal, the ledger paper, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Right, right. Um, so when we got our first computer just to do the business stuff, that was, you know, desktop, that was pretty, pretty huge. And when we can, when we could both have a desk in there and so forth. So anyway, it was very, very meager beginnings. We bought one van at a time, mm -hmm. bought an old rusty van. My brother helped my husband uh, bondo it up. He wasn't my husband at the time. I, you know, he was later. We actually started this business before we got married. So we oh, started nice. our business in 88. We didn't mm -hmm. get married until 89. So okay. I, always, I always tease that we had to find out if we could work together before we could live together. And yeah. Married. What a trial. I, I guess it worked, right? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So um, anyway, that's that's how it all started. And, and we just started building one block at a time. I always say one van at a time and one one more employee at a time. Mm -hmm. So we um, basically stayed in that environment for um, I guess it was about from 88 until 92. And then we mm -hmm. moved out to the Chaska Chanhassen area okay. and we again built out space in the lower level of our home, ran it in uh, 90 two until about 99 and then we moved over to a different location in chanhassen and then we were there for seven years mm -hmm. um then we moved to another location and we're there for nearly 10 years and then now we are currently in 
um, our current facility, nice. which is in Chaska. So we just moved one block over and into the new city. Okay, excellent. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that came with a whole plethora of uh, licensing and, and you know issues moving from city to city. Oh, not not really, no. not too much. It's just you know the, it's just the paperwork side of things on that one. What it came yeah. with is just a lot more expense because we went from uh, having basically fourteen thousand square feet to forty thousand square feet. So oh, wow, that's a, quite the jump. So how did you how did you did you take an intentional approach to scaling when you were kind of growing your business over the last three decades, or is it something that um, you know you took those small steps? You mentioned you know van by van. Right? Yeah. Right. Was it something that was intentional? Like, hey, this is where we're going to be thirty years from now. Um, what we did is just, I don't, there wasn't anything that was mapped out like it's a mathematical equation. Mm -hmm. um, our philosophy was just that we grow organically and grow at a slow climb. We weren't trying to go after big sales and mm -hmm. that type of thing. We were trying to focus more on quality, mm -hmm. the types of jobs that we wanted to get, that type of thing, branching out into different, um, types of work back in 2000 it was we we had been in the late 90s we did a lot of agriculture and um we had a, a large concentration in egg and then in the late 90s that market went way down okay. and so we were looking for other things to get into and we had the opportunity to get involved with um, a large provider here in the metro area that wanted to know if we would be interested in getting into fiber splicing. Mm, okay. And uh, then we did a lot of uh, co-location work. So that work we got pretty proficient at, and we moved into that market. We still kept doing a lot of the other things, but we moved into a new market there. And that really helped tide us over during those 2008, 2009 periods of time. When yeah. things were uh, crashing down. Right, right. So we managed to kind of get through that. And I pulled the team together and I said, okay, I see something on the horizon and it's going to be like a big forest fire. But mm -hmm. I said, you know, we'll still stand. Yeah. We, might little, we might get a little charred, but mm -hmm. we have a, we have a, we have a little um, decision to make and we can either go into this all together or mm -hmm. I've got to make some decisions to let some people go and scale down. And they all decided, no, we're going to go into it together. So we just put a plan together of how that was going to work. Uh, we put our heads down and we kept going and the good Lord was good to us, you know? Yeah. yeah. Excellent. So how do you build, you know, in, in, on your website, it talks about this culture of caring. Mm -hmm. um, how do you, how are you intentional about doing that in your business and how do you build that culture? Well, uh, day to day, hour <laughs> to hour, right? Right, right. And, you know, I'm sure there are times that some of the people maybe don't feel cared about there's there's always those times you know you it's not per, it's not perfect mm -hmm. but we do try to um i have tried to try to have personal communication with them um i've started back up this summer trying to be intentional but i want to try to get out to the job sites more and see their work they they're proud of what they do they're good craftsmen and they mm -hmm. want to show off their product and that gives me an opportunity to talk to them um i try to build personal relationships in a sense to a certain point with them so you kind of know about their family and, you know, what's important to them. And we, we do a little um, sheet of paper kind of when, when they in process and in, in their onboarding, uh, mm -hmm. finding out things about them, you know, what are their favorite hobbies? What do they like to do? You know, that type of thing. Sure. And then I built a, a program that's called heart for service. And um, if we have, and there's different point system that you kind of have for what might go out there, but if somebody goes above and beyond, to help another 
uh, employee mm-hmm. you know, they're working with. Maybe maybe they see that this person needs some help. They're going to stay later, even though they've got a dinner going with their family. But we've got to get this job done and we don't want this other person to be stuck alone. Or um, it can be a, one time I gave a heart for service for somebody who stopped their van. He saw an elderly lady fall in the parking lot by her car and he happened to be there and he helped her out and all that sort of thing. And so it's that act of service. It's that act of kindness. It's Mm -hmm. above and beyond. And so then we write a personal note to that individual and I send a gift card to them, you know, just calling that out to say, thank you. We appreciate you doing this or Mm so-and-so nominated you because an employee can nominate someone else for a heart for service too. And then we determine where it falls into. If a customer calls us and say, Hey, says, hey, this was a great job. I just love this person on this job. We Mm -hmm. did an awesome job. You know, then we call that out too and let them know that. And um, I try to tie it into our values. Yeah. Can you, can you say more about your values, Carla? Yes. uh, They, they basically are, um, there's five simple values, but it's um, integrity first, Mm -hmm. service before self, excellence in all we do, empathy for others, and foresight for the future. Okay. So we always want people to have that caring, compassionate side to them. We're in the service business. I mean, sure. when I interview people, I always ask them, okay, do you do you like to serve? Do you like to serve others or do you like to be served? You uh-huh. know, what, what do you think you're, and some of them, you know, especially the younger ones, they'll look at me like, okay, this is a stupid question. And then <laughs> I say, why do you think I asked that? Yeah. You know, why do I think, why do you think I asked that? Because if your bend is, I want to, I just want to be taken care of type mm-hmm. thing. Right. You know, is this really a business for you? You know, is this mm-hmm. a place for you? Because we are a service business. Yeah. So you have to be the one who just takes pride and enjoys the, you know, gets joy out of serving others, of doing a good job for others, you know, mm-hmm. being detailed. and Right. Yeah. I love how, how you've taken that step to create the heart of service to reinforce those cultural values within your organization. Um, how do you see those kind of internal focused uh, reinforcement of values translate into maybe how your organization treats clients? Do you see a translation there? Well, I, I do. I yeah. think if if we um, if we treat each other in that regard, mm-hmm. I think they in turn will also treat their customer in the same yeah. regard. I mean, it's just kind of like an unwritten rule type thing now when i say that it is not perfect mm-hmm. you know we're always continually adding on new people and new mm-hmm. employees and it's getting harder and harder to get the whole team sometimes to buy into this and understand what eps is all about i'm working with my leadership group right now just trying to talk about culture mm-hmm. what does it mean what does it mean to be an eps employee Right. What is the EPS way? Mm-hmm. Does yeah. it look the same today as it did yesterday? Does it have to change? Mm-hmm. I don't think it does, except that I've noticed in in many ways, not just the EPS, but I think I was talking with my son about this today. And I said, you know, Mark, I, I've said it myself sometimes that, you know, this younger generation, they're just different. They're mm-hmm. just they're just different. I, I mean, I just don't know how to get my head around some of this, you know, and, and then it's not so much that maybe they're different, but society is different now. Mm-hmm. We've allowed a lot of things that we didn't allow before. We've yeah. become numb to a lot of things mm-hmm. because 
it's happening in our world. And, I, and when I'm talking about these things, I'm talking about the lack of respect for authority. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. look, look at our environment. And we're, we're accepting of so much mm-hmm. that we weren't accepting of before. Right. Now, someone could challenge me on that and they could say, well, I'm not being open minded enough or, you know, not being inclusive, you know, mm-hmm. no, come one, come all. But here's the rules, you know. Because they still, all of these people still need guidelines and they still need rules and yeah. they need a place to, you know, challenge themselves of this is how I get there type thing. Mm-hmm. I know personally we have, we're working on that because we, we have a lot of work yet to do to give them the roadmap. Mm-hmm. We're kind yeah. of trying to build that next part out, you know, now that we've gotten bigger, you know, right. the next layers in. Sure. We train those layers, you know. Mm-hmm. So how do you balance, um, I, I feel a sense of obligation from from you and, and your organization to kind of tow um, this this line of responsibility and accountability, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just get that 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 feeling from you. Um, how do you balance that and maybe some of the the pulls that that uh, you know others might say? Well, we have to accept everybody. We have to accept every type of work um, level or every type of quality. Um, are you able to? Put yourself in a scenario where you're you're driving that change, or are you changing your organization to kind of assimilate to the the way that uh, culture is going today in America? I think it's some of both. Okay, it's some of both. Mm-hmm. I mean, some things you can see are probably not going to change. You mm-hmm. know, what is it that you know? Accept the things you cannot change, and change the things you can. Right. 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 Um, so you have to figure that out. Um, mm-hmm. But I think there's some of both. So you try to point out this is why. Mm-hmm. These are the whys. This is why I want it. we want to do it this way. Yeah. And then I have become a lot more open to trying to think differently, mm-hmm. you know, and trying to think about change because everyone does work differently right. and it is a different environment. For instance, mm-hmm. we I was just talking with somebody this morning about the work from home kind of thing. Now, we've been a very collaborative group of people that are in the office. We like to be together. Mm-hmm. We like having everybody here because you can pop in and see each other, ask a good question, bounce ideas off each other, right? Mm -hmm. But there are some other new people that are coming in that maybe they live a a greater distance away. Mm -hmm. Maybe they like a little bit of the quiet time. Sometimes our office does get a little too hectic and I myself find uh, (laughs) work at night, you know, after everybody's left, I get more done Uh than I do during the day. Right. Because you got the pop-ins and Mm -hmm. all this sort of thing. But I always stop for people. Yeah. You know, if somebody's got a an issue or they want to talk about something, mm-hmm. that's where I get hung up because I do talk or I, I make that time for them, I guess. Yeah. Now, from a time management standpoint, I'd probably get my hands slapped, you know, because I need to be a little bit more matter of fact and get them out quickly. But mm-hmm. that's also by not being that way, I believe that that's what's built a caring culture, too. Yeah. Always have time for someone, no matter if it's a personal issue or a business issue. Mm-hmm. Their issues are real. Yeah. You know, and no matter what you think about that issue, it's real to them. Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah, time to talk through it. Yeah, it's one of those common things that I that I get from these these high level leaders like yourself is that that putting the person at the center of of the organization, right? Right. But also bringing in that little bit of accountability. Mm -hmm. I like what you talked about culture because oftentimes culture is either imposed upon us or we can have influence in it as it's building. So mm-hmm. 
sometimes the most dangerous thing that we can do as leaders is not be intentional about building that culture. And that's why I love you have this culture of care and you're calling out, you know, that, that, that employee that's helping that older uh, person that fell down or, you know, recognizing them in public. I think, I think it's very valuable to, to what you're doing over there at EPS. Talking a little bit about your hearts for service. Is that what it was? Correct. Can you say more about that and how that plays into the way that you and your leadership team manage your business or lead your business? Well, I think that it's, it's uh, an intentional way to get out your things. It's hard to get out to everybody all the time. And we are a moving organization. Not everybody comes into the office all the time. So mm-hmm. I have to personally pick up the phone or send an email or something like that. But with Hearts for Service, it's an intentional time to sit down and write a handwritten note, which you don't see too often. Mm-hmm. But I have a couple members of the committee that help um, vet out you know, maybe what the gift card looks like or why. And mm-hmm. then sometimes they will write them out because we want to be timely with these things as well. Sure. You know, like if something happens, you want to be timely and get that thank you out, you know, within the next day or two. And, but a lot of times I will write them out personally. And yeah. I tell my staff, it's not because I think I'm better or that I'm going to do a better job of it or anything like that. It's just the role I play. And right. I don't, I don't look at myself as um, the CEO. Mm-hmm. I look at Self as I realize I am, but um, and so I have to remember that people look at me that way too, because right. I want to be looked at as just another peg in the wheel, you know, yes. that I it's just another another person that's here trying to do the right thing. Right. But um, but I do realize that oh, if if the CEO is writing me this note, mm-hmm. that must really be important, right? Right. So yeah. um, so that's why I do it. Yeah, I, mean, I found that. I found that a lot of times when people walk with that confident humility, their words have more value and impact than they realize. And mm-hmm. I think by doing that in a handwritten letter or, or having that personal communication, you know, it has weight, it has more weight than um, some other ways to recognize people would. So, right. yeah. And I still do. I still do that too. I send out handwritten birthday cards. So I always send a little message mm-hmm. and send those things out to, to everyone too. Yeah. And uh, anniversaries, I get a little bit, if it's a big one, I'll write out something different with their gift for that that year, if it's a big one. But otherwise, the, the normal ones, I'll send at least an email and just recognizing their year of service. So sure. it's that whole intentional part of trying to stay connected with your team. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. I love it. Can we shift gears real quick, Carla? Sure, sure. Um, like a next big project on the horizon that you're working on that you can talk about, obviously there's some competitiveness, right? Well, yeah. I mean, we're, we're going to have uh, there is one on the horizon that we have that'll probably be the largest project we've ever done. Oh, and wow. the challenge with it is um, that is not here close to the Metro. Mm. And uh, so the challenge is going to be managing it from afar or getting people to travel. You know, yeah. because that's the that's probably one of the hardest things in our business right now. We can get a lot of work, but mm-hmm. we don't have people that want to travel. They, everybody yeah. wants to be home at night with their kids. And I get it, you know, but that's sure. not the world we live in. Mm-hmm. That's not construction. And we can't yeah. sustain a company of this size with just trying to, to keep everything within a few miles from our home. Yeah. As a CEO of a, a, a very successful company for the last couple decades, is there something that is uh, misunderstood about what you do on a daily basis that you would like people to know about? You know, CEO is um, highly overrated. Highly oh, yeah. overrated, yeah. Say more. Uh, well, you know, I, I think that sometimes people think that, number one, 
because you have the the title or the role of being the CEO that you have all the answers mm -hmm. and you don't. Right. What you do is you surround yourself with good quality um, people, people mm -hmm. that, you know, that know all the things that you don't. Mm -hmm. And that's where it goes back to aligning ourselves at the values part. If we align ourselves with the right values, then you find the people with the skill. I've often had interviews with people and I, and I, I go, you know, I'm really more interested in who you are. Who are you? Mm -hmm. How did you grow up? What were your philosophies? What were your mm -hmm. parents' philosophies? Yeah. You know, what, what, are you, what are you looking for now? And, and more about who they, who they really are rather than what it says on paper about what they've done or their accomplishments about their skill. Yeah. Their skill is important. But I expect that if you're coming to apply for that role, you're going to come with a certain amount of skill. Mm -hmm. We can train more skill. Right. You can't train heart, compassion, service. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are things you either have inherently have or you don't. Yeah. So the things that you look for when you're when you're looking to hire somebody is the heart, the compassion, and the service. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and along with attention to detail and a few other things, but sure. You know. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Excellent. Are you reading any books right now? Well, uh, the most recent one that I'm doing is called um, The Culture Climb. Okay. And uh, it's somebody that I'm working with on a leadership group. And it has my interest just because it speaks to the heart that I have. And then it's trying to figure out how do I um, kind of think about it and things like that. So we're, we're going to work on that with the leadership group to start. Yeah, excellent. How do you stay sharp? How do you stay like at the top? not only the leading edge of technology that's coming out, but maybe people management or, or motivation or balance, you know, as, as the head of an organization. Well, I probably don't stay on the top of it all. Okay. Now, I know, in all honesty, I probably yeah. don't. Um, right. I try to do some reading about some different things. I have a lot of other people within certain areas that do when mm -hmm. it comes to technology. Now, my son would laugh how, if you, if you were asking me, how do you stay on the top of leading technology? Well, mm -hmm. I'm the, I won't say the least technical, but I'm not at the top of the food chain when it comes to the technology parts. Sure. And I keep, I keep telling everybody, remember, when I grew up, I didn't have a phone in my hand. I right. didn't have a computer. We didn't, I didn't have a computer until we were well into our business. You know, mm -hmm. I'm probably into my 30s. So I've, everything I'm learning is all, you know, along the way. Yeah. self -taught. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's... Um, I get magazines and, and periodicals from time to time and come across my desk and I'll read the highlights of them. And if I think it's something that's coming down, that's new in the particular area, mm -hmm. I put that in the, in the department that it belongs to. Yeah. You know? yeah. I don't think you can be on top of absolutely everything. Mm -hmm. Right. And my gifts, I have to, if I'm going to be true to myself, my gifts are really more with uh, people management. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that comes through in the culture, not only in our conversation, but on your website and some of the people that we know in common have said this about the culture there. So kudos to you and your, your leadership team for building that. Um, I have one, actually two final questions. And I ask everybody this, okay. uh, if you were to go back and look at the younger Carla, what advice would you give yourself to help uh, maybe develop that leader, that business person or, or the person that you are today? Don't get hung up. Don't get hung up on the little things, you know, pick and choose your rocks. I mean, if I look back at the younger Carla and the things that I 
would get worked up about, mm-hmm. I now take them a little bit more in stride. And I, I know that's easy to say, because when you're starting out and you're building your business, I mean, it's tight, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, we had times where um, we had one instance for th- that we had, um, we had promised to make a large donation toward a, um, a private school to help out with a project that they were doing. Mm-hmm. And the number was just astronomical for what it came in for electrical. And so my husband agreed to do it for half of that. Mm. And we were just kind of eating it and basically, um, you know, trying to do it that way. At the same time, one of our largest projects that we had going on the books ended up filing bankruptcy. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. So here we are with this (laughs) and not getting paid and... um, and having that going on. But fortunately, you know, I was working in another job, so I always had a steady income. I did the mm-hmm. stuff on the side, so that helped. Yeah. But, you know, that looked pretty bleak. And mm-hmm. it was tough times during that. And it and it took a toll. It right. took a toll on our in our emotional family state and everything else. And it took us yeah. 10 years to pay off a loan. Yeah. That we had to take out because of that. Mm-hmm. But in the end, God blesses, you know. Yeah. And I think it's about doing the right things. And if we remember that we just do the right things. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest thing is just pick and choose your battles and then don't mm-hmm. sweat the small stuff. Look at the the bigger issues ahead. Yeah, excellent. And then, um, you know, and everybody, when it comes to people, the other thing that I try to um, talk with my leadership team about is people act out in different ways. And sometimes you may be looking at them and think they're incompetent or they don't know what they're doing or... and there's sometimes an underlying reason they just didn't know that they may have a personal issue that they're dealing with in life and those kinds of things. So just don't always make the assumption like, so. yeah, you got to peel back those, those onion layers, right. And go a couple right. layers deep and see, see where you as an employer can kind of help out. Cause there is a bleeding of that personal mm-hmm. that professional mm-hmm. life, especially yeah. when you have a culture like you you all have so i don't know if that's with age comes wisdom because mm-hmm. you've just been longer and you've been through some of the issues before and so you know it in the end it does all work out yeah i don't know if that is it or if that as you age you're just tired yeah so you have to let go of some stuff <laughs> right. yeah that's a good point you know you just kind of give up and let let things happen and yeah yeah okay last question carla you need oh. to contact EPS or get in contact with the services you provide, where can they find you? I, I think all of our information is on the website. So it's electrical production services. We typically go by EPS. Mm-hmm. Um, our um, our contact information as far as I have an email that's I think on there as well. And I have a, a number that's uh, 952-401-1888. And that's our main number. And they can call in and just ask for me. Okay, excellent. Well, Carla, I I sincerely appreciate your time. I know you are a very busy woman and I want to respect that. So thanks so much for coming on the show. I'm excited to see where you all go and see what the next 35 years brings. Mm, Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us today. Please subscribe to our show now and join us as we continue to discuss topics that will help you and your teams expand capacity, drive performance and lead change. Check out our show on YouTube at Performance Collective. To learn more about business performance improvement solutions for the private, public, government, and nonprofit sectors, head on over to SinclairPerformance.com. You can connect with us there.